Jackson, New York, to Stancock here in Phoenix, Arizona. Hey, from the BEAU Default Studios of uh, Freemans of the Nest, Freemans Phoenix, uh, man it's an evening show we don't have any commercial interruptions that we're gonna have to worry about tonight and uh we're getting uh james like uh full full steam here you know it's like you you're after you woke up and stuff you know so this late night thing that you normally do for us i really appreciate it we're going to try and and do this more because there's a an important issue that's coming up that i wanted to make sure that uh, we got to introduce the audience to now we've been talking about it we've been making a big deal out of this for a while i just want to show guys this this is the corbett report on ipfs you see right here now we you know just got a, a few test servers that we're doing putting on little laptops here we're starting to build, you know, Raspberry Pis and old laptops and using uh, drives and so on that we're at, you know, now I went out pricing it, you know, you can get like eight terabytes for 300 and something dollars. I mean, it's ridiculous. You, you know, four, I was going to go, woohoo, I heard you can get three terabytes for 150 bucks. No, four terabytes for $154. I mean, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm just going, wow, this is amazing. Well, I'm, uh, this allows us to be the internet. This is, I remember when I had an extra bread box size thing and it was five megabytes on you know, my TRS Model 4. So I'm going, wow, this is, it allows for something that is important now. And I want us to be able to discuss this. But first, we need to introduce James Corbett. The Corbett Report, for me, is the motivation, uh, a prime one for doing this kind of thing. Because we have, on Freedoms Phoenix, we made a big point of backup, of backup, of backup, and all the different kind of files of backup. And we have mirrored sites and backup and out of the country and all this other stuff. Because we you know, been doing it since 05. When uh, video hit the internet, here we go. Uh, yep, here we go. We've been planning this from 96. Well, what happened when we did that, all of a sudden, yeah, you got the DDoS thing. You say something bad about Israel or so. The third rail Israel. You do a radio show with the wrong person at the wrong time. Or the wrong, they won't explain it to you. Well, then I started getting when in, uh, about 11, we stopped doing our YouTube channel and Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram and all, all that we still got. But we just kind of went dark. And the reason was is because I could see they were using it for control. And it became very clear on certain videos, yeah, you're not allowed. So I'm going, oh, I see where this is going. So we worked on the back end of Freedoms Phoenix. We worked on making sure that we had this ready to put on any decentralized internet. We got our fields organized. We got everything. Now, the person, for years I've been screaming about this, making fun of people, they're not your friends or Zuckerbergs, that kind of thing. What happened is the one person that took it seriously and made efforts way before everybody else that I know was James Corbett. So I'm like, you know, near and dear. And I, you know, whatever I could do to help someone that starts helping themselves, we're all over it. When you had, uh, we'll, we'll talk to James here in a second, but I wanted to make sure you understood my motivation. When you have someone with his uh, research ability and his ability to share information in a, you know, light, factual, humorous, researched, pleasant way, I can sit there, you know, I'm looking at it and I go, seven minutes, oh, is that all I get? I'm going to get a lot in it. 30 minutes, cool, 30 minutes. I mean, you know, whatever James is doing, I know I'm going to get it chock full of goodies well he did 9-11 you got the world war one conspiracy you got the federal reserve you got the world war ii you got big oil how big oil conquered the world why big oil con oil conquered the world there's one uh, open science one recently that really you know hit a bone with me so these are the reason it's this. When I explain to people that are sponsors and supporters, I explain to them why each one of the people that we want to, you know, make sure they get permanently platformed. Why? Well, James has the contextual analysis of what's going on so that you know why this is important. You know why they, them, those are, won't leave us alone. And you know that these are important issues that you need to know the truth about, not what they've been BSing you with your entire life. Now, there are others in the space we may talk about a little bit that do a little bit different things and fill in gaps in uh, this communication. But with James Corbett and a lot of these others, I'll just name them, Richard Grove from Tragedy and Hope. 
all the links of who did what, where, and why, and the history and the chronology. Uh, Larkin Rose with the philosophy of the most dangerous superstition is just this idea that you think they even got to exist. Then we have Derek Brose that's got, you know, the uh, uh, the spiritual aspect of it and, you know, the, the need for us to come together as a community, you know, and still be freedom-oriented and libertarian. We don't need to take from those. Then you have uh, financial guys like Josh Segerson from World Alternative Media, Luke Radowski from We Are Change, we just spent some time with. We have uh, Dan Dix from the Press for Truth. All of these and many more, along with Freedoms Phoenix and so on, we are the internet. This is the context and the truth and the understanding that you need going forward, which is why they, them, those, want to make sure these very people, especially James Corbett, to be gone. We not be gone, okay? Well, we're not going away. Now, James, you know, monologue me. We don't have to worry about commercial interruption. And I want you to try to explain um, your perspective as you've grown into this space. And, uh, you know, don't be modest. You know, I mean, you know, early on, I'm sure you're modest. Hey, I'm just a guy out here with broadband, you know. But uh, it's gotten to the point that you have really been a threat to those that don't want us being threats. And I want you to kind of explain why the issues that you pick the perspective that you have, the responses that you get, the growth of your channel, and those that want to keep it small. I'm sitting here listening. Go. All right. Well, this goes right back to the very beginnings of my website and what I was doing in the early days of what was, at that time, more like the wild, wild west of the internet. I'm sure back in the 90s it was even wilder, wilder west. But Mm -hmm. in that sweet spot, around a decade, uh, 11, 12 years ago, you had the plat- big platforms, uh, Google Video and YouTube and all of these platforms were there, but they were still pretty much free-for-all. And people were posting everything and anything, copyrighted content and whatever. There was no copyright ID or any of that. Uh, Google Google didn't even own YouTube at that point. So it was still relatively free, and you really could post pretty much whatever. Uh, and there, uh, But uh, as every single step of the way, I saw the controls coming in. And the first step of that was because, obviously, truth is always going to resonate more than lies. And people are going to be attracted to that. In any fair playing field, every single time, freedom-oriented material, truth-oriented material would always rise to the top. And you saw that. You, you literally could see that on the Google trending videos or the YouTube front page. Every single day, the top videos would be, you know, these truth, uh, 9-11 truth documentaries and things. So I, I, saw, I watched as they started to put that to the side. Literally, they, they, they took the top trending 20 videos of the day or whatever, and they kind of put it off into this little sidebar. And then they made it so you had to click through in order to even see it in the first place. And then they made it so that they disappeared that altogether. And they took YouTube and they destroyed the front page. So there isn't a front page of YouTube anymore. Um, everything that they could do to dismantle that system whereby people who wouldn't otherwise encounter this information were encountering this information. So they've started to construct the filter bubbles and I saw that coming. So I was, I was talking about this years and years ago on my podcast, talking about the filter bubble, talking about um, how they were constructing kind of these isolated pockets of internet where maybe you could be, you could find the things that you were interested in, but no one's going to accidentally stumble into them. And on top of that, it was about four years ago that we started to see the uh, the demonetization taking place. I did a video in 2000, I want to say 2015, called The, uh, the Revolution Will Not Be YouTubed. Yeah. It was all about this and talking about antiwar.com and other th- things that were being targeted at that time for demonetization and being sidelined on the various platforms and de- delisted from Google AdSense and all of that. And I, I, saw, I knew exactly where this was going. Um, fast forward it a little bit more and you start to see the opening shots in uh, the information warfare that we, we know today is the censorship agenda. And it's, I mean, it's here. It is here. No one can deny it anymore. But I was making videos a few years ago about, you know, the this is the information war. What are you going to do? You know, the, the shots have already been fired. So I've been seeing this and I've been putting this word out for years and years. One of, one of my listeners, um, inspired by myself and James Evan Pilato and other people uh, out there in the alternative media space, specifically cites the Corporate Report as one of the inspirations for starting BitChute, the idea of some alternative to YouTube. And uh, then we saw DTube and these other platforms popping up. They're all great ideas. I don't think they're the silver bullet, but they're all great ideas. But now with enough backpacking, bat, <laughs> pat 
back patting on my uh, of my part how about a little back patting for Ernest Hancock who has solved the censorship problem you've solved it it's done we're <laughs> platformed forever they will never take down the corbett report thanks to you well, right? we'll tell see. us about it well this is what i, I want to show it you're not able to see what well, you got them downloading now yeah derek told me he said uh yeah ipfs is you know slower than the internet until it caches or something see ipns interplanetary naming system is slow and the links you are hitting James are probably just not cached yet. First hit. So this is it's the naming system. Now that it's you know been hit, now it'll go faster, you know. And that's one thing in the address that you see here. Let me show you. It says IPFS.io IPNS. Now the system, the naming system, Derek, uh, the person that did all the coding and stuff for this, Derek Slopey from agoristhosting.com. Uh, there is a um chink in the armor for a lot of this stuff. And when I give presentations, somebody will say, you know, they'll go, yeah, well, what about your ISP? What if they just say you have to have government permission slip for ones and zeros, you know, to go up and down? It's not unheard of. I mean, that's how you watch TV in Great Britain. You, you go to London, you're not watching TV without TV license. And I'm like, unless you hack it. I mean, you know, there's, there's those people. Yeah. They're everywhere. Well, but Japan, the, too. you got to pay to watch the NHK public broadcasting. Oh, see, things that we find, you know, abhorrent, they're used to. That's what, you know, of course, it's the Queen's channel. I mean, you know, that kind of thing. Well, um, that's what may happen to us. What's going to happen is they're going to say, you know, we can't stop those people. You know what? You just need a one zero permit. You need a digital f permit. And we've been hearing about this. We need a license for the Internet and all that kind of stuff. The reason is for exactly this. When we finally have, and you'll start hearing a lot more about it, when we finally have to where we have content that is available to anyone ever, anywhere, and it's always there, and it's in this cloud of a bunch of people got it on their computers, and we're starting the pinning, what they called seeding and tour and so on, the pinning of files, because IPNS, IPFS works differently. It doesn't have an address that you go to in a filing system on a server somewhere. That's not how it works. It goes by the name of the file. Each one of these items on uh, uh, James's site here has an address. You go in here and it goes out into IPFS and it goes, all right, where's that file? And it stitches it together, boom, and, and you watch it. Well, you have to have it out there somewhere. Well, that's what we are providing. And the networking to be able to, it's already there and working. What happened was... Um, Filecoin, IPFS, was developed by guys under one Bennett. You know, I think the name comes up. Now, you remember a few, uh, a few years ago, a couple years ago, they had the biggest initial coin offering ever. It was almost $300 million they raised for Filecoin that was based on the promise of this kind of thing. Well, years before, we've still been in support of MadeSafe.net, M-A-I-D Safe.net, that made these kinds of promises to where, but they wanted to go the entire internet it's like a whole big giant operating system that is by default you know whistleblower protection of WikiLeaks meets youtube and they can suck it we're going oh man we're with you brother let's do it but because they tried to get everything done at one time it's still waiting 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 ipfs interplanetary file sharing was done first here it is this is how we're going to do it how we're going to incentivize people to store the data and to disseminate it. You get a proof of storage coin. You get a proof of dissemination, you know, of sharing the information, and you get crypto. I go, well, that is awesome. But we're not going to wait <laughs> because the main goal, we'll worry about that later. Because now memory has gotten so cheap and you can run this stuff. They're telling us, we got Raspberry Pis and Arduinos and everything. We're learning all kinds of stuff. And I said, all right, what do I get? He goes, you get a Raspberry Pi and uh, uh, a terabyte memory card for $5 billion. You know, they have these SD cards now. But you can get um, uh, four terabytes for like $150 now. And I'll just keep going down. It's just amazing. So that includes all the guys that I talked about. We're probably like 600 gig or something. You're at least 300 and something. But I do three hours every day, you know, a video. So it just, you know, racks up. Well, here we have James Corbett, myself, and a bunch of others in the Liberty community. Once they're available and they can't be taken down, it's always available. 
and I'm just so I, I want to show you. This is a listing of all of his MP4s. Here you go. Just all the videos are just there. Boom, 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 boom. Then you have all the MP3s that he's done. Boom, 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 boom. IPFS, never going away. Now you have like the front page, and then you can go to different, you know, podcasts and so on. It only took uh, Derek a few weeks. Once James got him the site map, we were all over it. Explain to people that, because I didn't even know what the hell he was talking about. But what you sent him, he goes, hey, man, James got going on. It's right here. So what was it that you did to make it ready for Derek? Uh, it's just a sitemap. Most uh, sites just. will already have See, it there you are. You're one of those just guys. <laughs> Got it. See, you hear just. that, audience? They always say, well, Linux, crypto, you know, VPNs, <laughs> the new router, the IPFS, sitemap, you just. And I'm going, I can't see this just button on my keyboard. <laughs> I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. For so, search <laughs> engine optimization purposes, most websites will have a sitemap, which actually shows the directory link structure of, you know, here's this file here and it's under this this page which is yeah. in this category so it just basically creates a map for the website that uh, search engines can read easily i didn't have one up on my site because i don't have any seo tools installed on my website or anything like that so i had to go and install a site map um, once i got that over to derek he was able to suck in the whole website and the whole directory structure and everything and well, that explain point, that part to downloading some, the files. Well, explain that part to some people. I downloaded the sitemap. I mean, that's step one. What the heck was that? You know, is it uh, yeah. it, it's scanning software? It's kind of like, you know, uh, Google. Well, no, I mean, the sitemap is published. So you can go, I think it's corporatereport.com slash sitemap.xml, something like that. And you can go and you can see. And that's just the directory. This is sort of the, the structure of the website, the way that okay, it's. Okay, so it was uh, already there because you use WordPress, right? Uh yeah, yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah, so, so WordPress so kind of has a structure. That's just, yeah. that's just the, the, the kind of map. So the different files go here kind of thing. And then you have to download the actual files themselves, which I assume was probably what took more time. Yeah, no, I, it, well, what happened was I was back in Maine working with Derek on this stuff, and um, uh, uh, we got hold of you. You know, one night, finally we got a phone call right before I left, like a day or two before I left. And uh, you go, yep, I, I, I got it. Boom. You gave it to him. He started, he loaded it up. Yep, there it is. By the next, within 18 hours, I started seeing your content on IPFS. I'm going, that was awesome. And I'm going, so I just want to make sure whatever the hell you did, these other guys do. Now, the problem that we have with some people like uh, Josh Segerson from uh, World Alternative Media, they don't have a web page. All their stuff is YouTube. I'm going, wow, and he's having trouble. This is, I mean, I don't get into his business, but I tell you, there are some problems are coming. So I'm going, yeah, this is, this is. So one of the other people, Luke Radowski, we are changed. Now, I think he has a website also, but all his content is just embeds of all of it being loaded on YouTube. Well, I'm going, well, what's your backup? He goes, yeah, I got backup channels. I got two backup channels. Really, where are they? YouTube. And I'm going, you're killing me, man. You know, I, I, that, so uh, Richard Grove said, "Look, go take care of Luke first, because you know mine's easy. I got, I'm, I'm, I'm Corbett up, man. I got it all, you know, taken care of. So we'll go ahead and get Luke because he really is. There is a threat that his stuff could be taken down at any minute, and I'm just flabbergasted at this. His second YouTube channel, he's got thirty thousand subscribers to that already. He goes, I get more revenue and more traffic on that one than I do my main channel. Of course you do, or right up until you don't. So I am, man, these guys, I, I, I so. Yeah, it, it is a bit baffling. You, I mean, at the very least, you should have your own website where you store your own physical files. Yeah. Well, this is, well, that's what we see here. When we go to James's sites, what do we see? The individual files. You know, here is, you know, and this is by, I guess he's got this sorted by alphabetical. Yeah, it looks like alphabetical. But, man, this is a long damn list. You've been doing a bunch of videos. So you have videos and MP3. What are the MP3s that you do? Uh, those are the audio files of my interviews, my podcasts, whatever. Because I always try to do everything in every format available, including audio only, including video. So those now, are the audio versions. Now, you, when you go for, to your, for example, that Open Science podcast you were talking about is available as an audio file, an MP3, so people who listen to the podcast can listen to it. But it's also available on YouTube and other places as a video file. This, I, I, let's 
two stories at the top of Freedom's Phoenix. I was talking to uh, in the last couple of days. Um, they're doing a freedom. Uh, yeah, I got the stuff here on it. They're doing a freedom forum thing in uh, Newark at the Doubletree Airport there. And it was based on this. It's anti-vax stuff. Cornerstone of Freedom Conference. Kevin Barry and John um, uh, James uh, Lyons-Weiler is doing this. They're scientists. And it that's another thing. I was thinking of uh, uh, John Weiler when you were doing your open science thing because his whole thing is having a private lab because all this crap from everybody is just crap. You can't trust any, any, anything, you know? So these guys are doing their own research. They're doing their own testing on all kinds of different things, and certainly vaccines and medicines and, you know, uh, cannabinoids and different things. And them doing that and sharing it, they, them, those don't like it. And they'll start shadow ban, 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 ban. I'm telling you, it is so neon flashing obvious to me what's coming. It was years ago. And while all in the Liberty community, you know, I got Taryn Lupo, which is a content provider. And uh, he was him and uh, Angel Clark. A lot of people may know who she is. are very popular in the Liberty community. And they were out there talking about how they're, man, we're gaming Amazon. We can get the number one in our books. Ooh, and Facebook. And this is how you do that. Oh, and the image on Facebook now and video and we're going to be I'm going wow well how do you communicate with the people we just Facebook them and I go no 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 I mean do you get their emails do you know who I mean because they're not your friends they're Zuckerbergs you know so then all of a sudden boom and then this last in the last year all a bunch of our friends just gone 800 accounts and a lot of them were Liberty guys and all of a sudden and they're gone so the Types of videos that you have, the ones that got age. Tell me about the age restriction on some of your videos. I found that fascinating. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember which one was the first one I got a notice about. I think it was the. Um, so I did a video about uh, uh, robots and something about uh, referring to Sophia the robot. You know, the first robot citizen of Saudi Arabia. Something about referring to her as a her as if it's a she, as if it's a person, right? And I found even myself doing that unconsciously, saying she instead of it. It is an it. It is a robot. It is a bunch of wires. It is not a person. And so I just made a video talking about that, and that video got age-restricted, which I thought was weird. Yeah, wasn't um, it but the that one was you also the did, the little robot in the mall in Japan or something? Yeah, that one didn't get age-restricted. <laughs> that was fine, because, look, Pepper the robot is Pepper. nice and soft. And good. Okay. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so age restricted. Age- Why do you think age restricted, though? Um, I think it's because there was an image at one point about one of the sex robots. I mean, it was nothing like sexy, but it was a sex robot image, right? Yeah. So that might have been it. I mean, I, I assume that was the only possible reason because it was literally me in front of a camera talking for five minutes. <laughs> when I <laughs> like first heard about nothing. it, it was your World War One conspiracy. Yeah, so that that that's when you know this. So that was just something that I thought, well, that's weird. But then um, I, I'm sure it's been several other videos since then. But the World War One conspiracy is an interesting one. Part two, the weirdly enough, it was like a month or two after I released it. Suddenly, I get this email. It's been part two has been age restricted, and I thought, well, that's weird because there's truly. I mean, it's a World War One documentary. I mean, what on earth is age restricting about that? Yeah, a war happened, and here's talking about how the war started and how it was set up. I mean, it just has nothing to do with blood or gore or violence or gratuitous anything, but it got age-restricted. I thought that was weird, and of course, uh, I I put in the the whatever, they let you complain kind of thing, you know, oh, please don't do this. So I clicked the please don't do this button and said, this is a documentary about World War One. why is it, you know, it shouldn't be age-restricted. And literally, I clicked send, and then I get an email that exact same moment saying we've reviewed your request and decided to, the, to continue the age restriction. You know what that so, is? That's just him just <laughs> giving a big middle finger F you. Yep. You know, Absolutely. we're, we're waiting for him. Come on, uh, go ahead. Get boom. And the AI gets yeah. you, you know, I did a video called Crosswalk Buttons and Other Illusions of Control, where I talked about how most uh, 70% of crosswalk buttons in New York city or something don't actually do anything. 
And they just make you feel like they do something like you impress a button and you feel like you've done something and it makes you feel better. Like, oh, I'm going to make this light change. No, you're not. <laughs> it doesn't literally doesn't do anything, but <laughs> you feel like it does something. Well, this is the exact same thing in YouTube format. Yeah, you can click the button and say, I, you know, don't rage restrict me, but it's not going to do anything. Well, we and then uh, so like a week later, I get the next notice. Yeah, part three has now been age restricted. Part one still isn't, but who knows? I mean, how long that'll last? Whoa, 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 whoa. Time out. Time out. There's a part three World war one. Yeah, you know, that you've seen it. I'm sure you've seen it. I'm sure I have. I forgot there was three. You know, I'm I'm, I'm still waiting on World War Two one. <laughs> <laughs> that's coming, isn't it? Waiting. But yeah, that's coming. Okay, come on, but, come uh, on, come on. Part three yeah, was uh, age restricted. Part one still is not age restricted, but it will be. I mean, it's just a matter. Of yeah, time. This all, is, all my stuff will be age restricted eventually, right. and then it'll be shadow ban, and then it'll be you know. Well, see, the ban. things is, I, I tell you, the one thing that uh, really you know kind of really motivated the you know put blowtorch under my rear end to keep working on this was because um, uh, the Federal Reserve. You know, this is something that, you know, uh, we have uh, the Liberty Advisor, Tim Pachote, you know, has been a big part of the show lately. And um, he came out of school as a financial advisor, Series 7, got all the certifications, blah, 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 blah. And years ago, when he first got out of college, he goes in, he's got some, he's, he describes as some Rob Zombie looking guy, comes out and says, hey, man, the Federal Reserve is not really federal. He tells him all this stuff. Ah, you don't know what you're talking about. His uh, then girlfriend, now wife, got him a copy of Creature from Jekyll Island. He reads this. He's like, what? I got how much, I got a degree of what? And I don't know this? What? How many people don't know? That? A lot of people don't know it. And I remember as an activist in the 90s, this is like libertarianism 101. You go to the you know front blue pages, government of the white page, and it's not there. It's in the white pages. Federal Reserve is a private company. So when you do this and you give the explanation, I can see why... It's not at the top of YouTube searches anymore. It used to be number freaking one. You put Federal Reserve, and it was James Corbett explaining it to you. Not anymore. Not in the suggested videos after CNN tells you whatever the hell's going on. And and because they don't want the age restriction thing is the young people doing reports in high school, the junior high kids, the college kids. We need to get you indoctrinated first. Then maybe you can go that conspiratorial crap. And I'm going, this is what the role that you have played in changing the minds of an entire generation. And I saw it. And just to underline that for people, because they might not know you're referring to a very specific thing. Chris Hayes of MSNBC tweeted um, this thing uh, uh, three or four months ago, like, oh, imagine you're a high school student and you're going to do a report on the Federal Reserve. So you type Federal Reserve into YouTube and you get this and it showed Century of Enslavement. And um, can't have and that. So that was, and <laughs> it was literally the next day after that tweet um, that suddenly you type in Federal Reserve, you don't get Century of Enslavement. You type in Century of Enslavement, you don't even necessarily get Century of Enslavement. So um, they definitely, uh, YouTube was listening um, to that. And and you're exactly right. It's because exactly that that that's the nightmare scenario. Imagine children being exposed to the truth about the Federal Reserve. Ah, you know, because of course, that is exactly right. As long as they can get them through junior high, high school in the grip of the completely controlled information, then, you know, yeah, maybe some adults will stray off into conspiracy land, but whatever, it won't matter at that point, because they'll be thoroughly indoctrinated. Yeah, so you're exactly right. And the best part about this is that for for the last decade and a half, whatever, the, these idiots, these complete dumb-witted, nonsensical idiots in TV land still believe that people all get their information through TV. It's like, yeah, I guess the internet's a thing, but no one, what, there's an internet out there? People post YouTube videos? I don't know. Who cares? They're only now, (laughs) you know, 15 years later, only now are they getting the idea, oh, this is important. And a lot of people, in fact, most young people are getting their information from here now. They're fighting. We've had this space because they were too stupid to understand what was going on. They're always fighting the last war. And I remember in the mid-90s when we got our first email accounts. I got my first email account in 93, I think, 91, 92, 93, around it was early 90s. And it was given to me. You know, somebody said, here, we called it whatever, got our own email. But um, And a few of us shared it. It was safe at indirect.com. I remember that. Second Amendment is for everyone. I mean, you got to have an email account, Ernie. All right, fine. Hey, you need an email? Yeah, we'll all share it. Just put your name up top and, you know, I, I don't care. You know, what, whatever. 
immediately we found out what was going on. As we would go in, you used to have these Usenet groups. It was, I mean, it was the real backbone of the internet kind of thing. And uh, you put up different issues, and we put up uh, a Bill of Rights. You know, it'd be First Amendment, Second Amendment, Third Amendment. We figured this is the easiest way to go find people of like mind. When we did that, the one that blew up was the First and Second, especially the Second Amendment at the time. As we um, would communicate with people in this, of course, you're finding a bunch of libertarians. Well, what we found out is they were introducing legislation, identical legislation, in every county, every city, every municipality, every state, every it was an all-out attack on the Bill of Rights. I mean, every one of them. It was going to get some on everything. So I'm just like, wow. This is amazing to me. There is a full court press against our rights. And it was only the libertarians and libertarian-minded people that were even able, willing to talk about it. And if you didn't go to a eat, meet, and retreat you know, meeting, or you heard some libertarian candidate at a forum, or some campaign candidate, something, whatever, you didn't know squat. And then we had, in the, by 2000, the newspaper were sick of these damn libertarians. So they decided, all right, we're going to show everybody how crazy they are and ask them all these questions we do of these real candidates and see what crazy crap they say. Peace, freedom for everybody, and leave me aloneism and libertarian non-aggression. And they go, yeah, what they said. And they go, don't ever ask them any questions ever again. So they learned their lesson not to let you participate. They thought, you know, that, you know, we'll just show how crazy they are. Well, now they kind of got away with that or thinking that for the first part of this last decade. After 9-11, was, it wasn't until you, what year did you move to Japan? 2004. Okay, and by that time, broadband wasn't really a big thing. Video didn't hit the internet till 05. 03, I think they first started to get a little bit faster internet. You started getting cable, you know, that kind of thing. But when you went to Japan, you had high speed there. Tell me yeah. how that affected well, stuff. Well, okay, it wasn't until 2006 that I got the internet in my home. So that was when it was for me. It was like, oh, hey, whoa. And suddenly, you know, YouTube and all this. Um, but yeah, clearly Japan had higher um, speeds and higher bandwidth um, from an, a very early time. So I've I've been used to it. And that's why I have to remind myself to make like the 32 kilobyte per second MP3 files and stuff available for people because... Yeah, there are still people who aren't necessarily up on high bandwidth and have, uh, you know, as much bandwidth as possible to, to download. I used stuff. to do two different I get files. For, I used to yeah, have I get one that was. From people to this day saying, thank you for doing that because most people put up these huge files that I can't download, but you have these, you know, small files. We bring the baud rate down and go mono to make it to where it's, you know, kind of doable for most people and it's faster. But uh, there were, uh, there's a regular listener that still is a regular listener and he's, you know, got broadband now, but he used to do satellite on his RV. And it was the only way that he could get it, you know, as if, you know, and then, of course, at night and you're doing your download and all the guys. So we did that for that reason. But as time goes on, I'm like, oh, man, you know, upgrade, you know, because damn. But the um, uh, we're in a situation now that there's going to be ubiquitous high speed Internet to everywhere on the planet. This is coming a lot faster than people realize. You know, two, three, five years is like that all of a sudden it's here we're looking at 2020 and a lot of this you know from uh, there were word oh this is an example all right here you see the the ship here this is the pirate ship precariat okay now the reason we call it you go to pirateswithoutborders.com you get the whole spiel now the reason we called it the precariat is a few years ago bilderberger had a meeting in europe somewhere or whatever and luke Radowski was hey, there Davos, world economic forum and davos yeah no, I, I, um, I think it was a Bilderberg, you know, that was going on. Oh, yeah, Bilderberg. It was on their, it, yeah, it was on their, their agenda list. Yeah, and, and they had on the, the agenda, it was, uh, we got to deal with the, the precariat. We got to deal with this, you know, Brexit and this populism and Trump. So this was the summer of 15 or 16. I think it might have been the summer of 16. And they're just freaking out. What are we going to do about, you know, just populism? You know, just people starting to have an opinion, damn it. And um, so Luke got that. I'm like, 
What the hell is a precariat? Come to find out, there was a United Kingdom economist that wrote a book about something about the precariat. What he was talking about is we have an entire generation of commercialized, you know, kids that want the next iPhone everything. They have no job. They got a big, giant student debt with a degree that they don't know anything. So they're going, oh, and give me universal basic income. So this is, we got to deal with this precariat. They live a precarious existence. And I go, hell yeah, that's the name of our ship. Because what they're going to do is they're going to be making a big deal out of this. And it's going to keep going to my ship, you know. So that's good. <laughs> Plus, you know, so there's a, a, a worry that they have. And it's you feeding into this mindset. Because when they did Occupy, we did thousands of DVDs for people handing out all over the country, libertarian activists. We did it. They're looking for answers. And we just hand out DVDs. You want to know what's really going on? Here you go. And there's a James Corbett video on there. Okay? So as we did that, they're like, damn it, I hate when they do this. I go, give me a crowd, man. I'll be showing you some DVDs get slung again. So your impact on this crowd looking for answers. Now, of course, they'll say... You know, uh, it's a tea party. It's after the Ron Paul thing. It gets co-opted by the RNC. They have uh, a clear channel and, and Fox and whatever goes to the Capitol lawn. And they go, you see all these tens of thousands of people out here with signs like in the Fed and everything? Well, we're here representing them and we're going to tell you what they mean. No, they don't. It's all controlled opposition constantly everywhere except for the information that you give these people coming in to understanding of what's really going on, and you are public enemy number somewhere, okay? And I'm wondering what kind of responses have you gotten from agencies even living in Japan? Uh, I always tell people I've never been contacted by the uh, deep and dark underworld, at least not directly, at least not as they would admit. <laughs> I'm sure I've been in touch with some people at some point. Yeah. At the very least, they're listening to my conversations because I'm talking to people like whatever NSA whistleblowers and people who are absolutely being monitored. So yeah, I'm sure I'm on that list, but they, they don't make a big <clears throat> deal about it. That's the thing that um, is a huge mental roadblock for a lot of people because they're afraid to even talk about these things online because uh, suddenly it's all cloak and daggers and people are going to be chasing you down and whatever. Not from my experience at any rate. Um, be open about what it is you believe and who you are because at some point they are going to try to make you put in your own mental blocks. Uh, you've talked about it before. It's the panopticon effect. You think you're being watched and they're, you know, the shadowy people are everywhere. So you can't, you can't speak about these things and you have to be quiet and you have to, no, uh, we should be screaming while we can about these things. And so I, I can say from my experience, it's never been cloak and dagger for me and, you know, looking over my shoulder every time I speak. You know, I just put in a um, new router from super crypto hippie, Paul Rosenberg, man. He's a top end uh, IT guy from back in the day. And he knows he's been screaming at me. You need to go, you know, take your security much more seriously, blah, blah, blah. I have been, I don't even want to think I'm secure because then you think you're secure and you're not so secure, you know? So this is yeah. now with all the stuff that we're doing and the uh, serving of IPFS nodes and everything, I just assume they not be able to track or know or, you know, so that's why I did it. Not because I think I'm going to, you know, be, you know, super secret or anything. I'm just not going to make it easy on them anymore. You know, I'm just, you know, because screw you. Yeah. You know, you know, we're burying the lead here because I know your audience <laughs> has heard IPFS once or twice, <laughs> the old uh, Ernie Hancock's drinking game. But um, uh, my audience, probably a lot of them still have no idea what IPFS is or why it's important that the corporate report is now on IPFS. What's the, what is it in a nutshell? Yeah, get Derek on here. Telling <laughs> IPFS stands for interplanetary file sharing. And the concept is you can go one Bennett on a TED Talk he did a few years ago, you know, talking about this. And I didn't even see it until like a month ago or something. And I thought it was fascinating. It was, you know, he had this plan in his head from the beginning. How it works is the Internet now is you have to have a server and an ISP, an Internet service provider, that will route your request to an address. And it makes a hops and they track all this crap and prism out and the man knows. But you go to a server somewhere that has this file that you want and you go, all right, I want it. Boom. Then the ones and zeros come back. If they can intercept your signal, block it, restrict it, 
you know, have some kind of criteria for it or just take down that server or threaten them or hellfire missile it or do whatever the hell they do. And when I first started doing radio in 03, the entire country of Libya was taken off the Internet. Later, Egypt and India and a whole bunch of the Middle East. Oh, yeah, we drug an anchor over three lines and severed them, you know, pinky swear. So I just like, you know, you guys, you're killing me. So we got to get off of this thing. Well, that's where satellites come in and all this other stuff. But what happened was, by address, you're getting these files. Well, the way Tor works and so on, but then you got to get it on your browser, and it does all this hopping thing. It's a pain in the butt, and it's not a grandma just button. So you need to where you can have just a you know Firefox, you know, just a regular browser, and grandma doesn't know the difference. She sees a link. She clicks on it. Stuff opens up on her page. Except this goes after it by a excuse me, by address. It is the address of the material that can be a bunch of places. It can be repeated. It can be chopped up in all kinds of pieces and restitched and whatever. And it's just, and it's out there. Once it hits interplanetary file sharing, as long as somebody has a copy of it, it's forever available. The problem is, is when you have popular things and items and sites like James Corbett, well, you're probably better off not to have one, you know, little Raspberry Pi on a thing, kind of, you know, that kind of deal. So what happens is we have our servers that we can put this up on. We have servers sitting right here. I'm looking at one over there. We have old laptops, Raspberry Pis we're playing with just to show we can. But a lot of it, it's better served on just old laptops. Derek would prefer to have an old laptop. You just plug in over there and it just runs it. Now, what happens is, is that all of um, uh, James's stuff, we have, it's up, I think it's under 400 gigabytes, you know, so it's a lot. But now, memory, that's nothing. You know, you get a terabyte for, I don't know, they, they give them as freebies, you know, to, at Harbor Freight or something. So you, you get this memory storage. You put all of his stuff that we have as a package, and you do, I wish to pin these files. That's being a seed. That's having that file available for anybody that wants it. I wish to pin these files. Boom, they come in off of IPFS, and they load up. That's how it's done. It just all of a sudden, you put them on. I want these. You put in the index of what I want. Boom, and it just starts loading up. It may take a couple of days. It took us days, you know, but it will load up. So it loads up on. See, this is not the speed of the computer really or anything. It's just how fast your bandwidth is. You don't really need that much to serve it. It's just in a memory storage, and there it goes. So when you request one of James's pages or videos or his information that he has, an MP3, whatever, it comes as a file that it looked for, finds, and comes. But the way it works is that IPFS node that is out there with that information, wherever it is, it transfers that data to the nearest IPFS node geographically or by time near you, and it caches it there. Well, then anyone else that's requ requesting it, hey, it's cached over there, and all of a sudden it scales. Boom, 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 boom. That's how it scales, and it goes faster the more people that use it. But... When one of those files hasn't been looked at a long time, it's three years ago, it's not there anymore, it kind of just drops off the cache. So you're not just building up all this cache crap that's not being used. It'll start to fall away. That's where it's important for us to have a network of pen files and why I wanted to do more than just ourselves. We have James, Richard Grow, Tragedy and Hope. Luke Radowski, on and on and on, Larkin. All these guys are there so that for the few terabytes, you got everybody. Well, the Corbetiers and supporters of Freedoms Phoenix and Pirates and so on, PiratesWithoutBorders.com, we're all getting it. We're, we're getting it all done, getting our old laptops out and so on. Woo, we loading up so that we got dozens of these just to start. Then those seeded files are always there. Always, always, always there. Well, when they one gets popular, it starts replicating, and it happened in the 2018 election cycle. There was an interview that I did with a young activist in the first week I was on radio in February, early March of 2003. It was Kirsten Cinema. And man, did she show herself. Well, CNN had to have that, wanted to have it, and got it, and it went and became all kinds of stupid. You probably heard about it around the country, and she wants Taliban to go and, you know, we join them and whatever the heck was going on. But that was from a show that we had, you know, a decade and a half ago. Well, we had it in archive. Hello. 
This is why we need to have it could be from the first back in the day of something and be a crucial point and for you to know who these people are. And that's one thing that Richard Grove from Tragedy and Hope is good at is the names and who they are connected with and how they are done and the research back when and the grandfather of. This kind of and then the contextual understanding of that in current day that James does. You need to have these files, and these are the ones that they don't want you to have, and they will go away. And we have created a way for you to have it forever and be part of the network, and it go fast. And we just got a perfect illustration of that with that Christchurch shooting thing and the video of that that uh, they scrubbed completely from everything, including places like uh, BitChute and others, the uh, free speech alternatives to YouTube. They literally censored BitChute.com from New Zealand and Australia. I think that might, maybe that's unblocked now, but still, they they completely just made it so you can't go to BitChute.com from New Zealand. That's... That's incredible. They just completely bought I know why. DFS, they can't do that, right? You know why? You know why? You know why? Because they can! No because they can! <laughs> I mean, everybody thinks it's more yeah. complicated than that. If they could push a button, then they do. You know? this The Christchurch thing, I was not in town. Uh, we were... I was in Maine when this, I think, yeah, whenever I go on vacation or leave somewhere, all kinds of crap happens, you know, you know, like earthquakes on Mount Everest and shakes all the snow off or something. I mean, you know, that kind of thing. Well, um, when this Christchurch thing happened, I haven't seen the video. Have you seen it? Uh, I haven't, no. I And I haven't looked. I mean, if I really wanted to see, I'd go yeah. get it. I mean, I'd, I, I don't care. What I really care about is the fact that you're not allowed to. You know, that they don't want you to. Now, I could if I want. I'm sure it's out there. We can post it, make a big deal out of it. But that was not the news. The news was them censoring it. You know, the news was them preventing. Now, BitChute, it, um, it's kind of a blockchain. It, now, DTube does use IPFS. That's how DTube works, you know, and Steam it and so on. It's kind of, you know, they're interconnected. And so but, but D.Tube is their web front page. So, they can s- censor an IPFS file off of that so you can't see it from their, their web front page system, which is how they get rid of it. It's still there. You just have to know the address. You have to know the address. Well, this is what they got. Uh, if you watch um, Cotton the Web, you know, the Kim.com story, you'll get an idea. Because what uh, Kim.com did was the same kind of thing. You know, well, it's a hash of, you know, Screw you, and I got a movie, and you can download the album of me. It doesn't matter. But uh, uh, they have the five eyes, which is what what countries are the five eyes? You got uh, England, America, Australia, New Zealand, and Canada, right? Yep. Okay, I, I think that's it. Now, the five eyes, they, you know, the uh, movie association, MPAA, man, they didn't like it none too much. And the head of that is some ex-congressman or senator or something. And they got, I mean, this is amazing. They got the power of law enforcement and the intelligence community, FBI and the NSA and CIA, they, them, those, or whatever, and got New Zealand and Australia and all these guys, oh, this German that moved, or Austrian or whatever, that moved from Europe, went to New Zealand and they did the SWAT team thing on um, the helicopters and explained it to him. This is what happens when you do stuff they don't like. And he was legal. They don't care. They just want what they want. So when the New Zealand shooting happened and they went after this, I'm going, that's not a good idea. Because what they're going to do is they're going to amp up all these solutions that we've been going out and demonstrating why it's so important to do it. And especially when you have James Corbett that has supporters that do not want to lose his content. Okay, I got to get to my next interview in a few minutes. So before I go, we should address a couple of things that I have questions about. One of them is this question about, okay, it's up there and they can't can't be taken down as long as it's pinned somewhere. Mm -hmm. But... As, a, as we say, getting to it, you have to know the address. And right now, the front page of Corbett Report, you could get to by going to ipfs.io slash ipns slash capital Q, small n, right. capital n, <laughs> I mean, no problem. Rolls right off the tongue, right? Uh, no. How how are we going to confront the naming problem here? And You know, sure that, that is a, there's two things that we really need to be uh, as the next uh, 
level. Now, Colin Pape from Presearch, which is a, a search engine company that was an ICO that, you know, we he's working on it. Got guys working with uh, Derek on this. That you need to have the metadata that goes with it, the headlines and all that kind of stuff, be its own IPFS search index. That's what we're working on. That's another parallel project. Because we can promote it. You know, you put QR codes everywhere. You put it on your site and people go to the site and, like, we have these three main ones. You got the front page. You got all your video. You got all your audio. Well, that's good to have there and everybody knows and download and you're good. But... You know, to be able to search a specific one, you need to marry this metadata with the IPFS search that has its own page that's just for search. Whoever cracks the IPFS search engine, ooh, that's some good good right there. But it has to be IPFS because if you got the links to it, that's the first place they're going to go and say you got to take it down. See my point? So, and then the next one is going to be ISP grid. Then we get into satellite mesh networking. Over here in Phoenix, they got a mesh network, the hacker guys, that cover the entire valley. We're going to be putting this on that. Ha, 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 ha. Awesome. So, you know, this is, it's and you step got by step. coming, right? Yeah, CubeSats. Hell yeah, Pirates. Pirates, I got my own pirate communication CubeSat. Pirate communication. Yeah, I'll let you go. I'm glad, uh, you know, we had this talk and we could uh, express to your audience what the possibilities are coming. But what I want you and your audience to know, it's done. If you go to Freedoms Phoenix right now and you look at today's archive, you'll see that we have um, links to this already that we have stored. And it's just going to get more and more and more and more stored. And the more people that have it, the faster it'll go. And we're creating at the end of April. By the end of April, we have our own internal deadline here of us having all of this explained, all the loading, all of the instructions, the hardware, the kits, everything. But first, we had to have the content. Well, now we're loading up Luke Radowski's uh, We Are Changed channel and all his stuff because we're afraid he's going to be erased. But James, I appreciate everything that you do. All the, the content that you put up there, I, I, I put on Freedoms Phoenix. We get, you know, we get like 50 things a day that go up there, but they're always including everything that you do. And I'm glad that we saved you. And I just wanted this opportunity for your audience to know it's there. And we will soon have a way that they can participate and help. And it cost them an old laptop sitting in their closet. Exactly. And that's it. Yeah. And uh, so as soon as you got that uh, grandma just list of things to right. do, uh, I'll publicize the hell out of it. We'll have Derek on for a tech conversation about this. We'll, we'll promote it uh, all the way to Sunday. And so thank you very much for doing this. And thank you for talking to me at a re regular, reasonable time. <laughs> so I'm, uh, no, I'm we'll, do, we'll do this regular for you. I, all these years you come in late at night. I just, I can't believe that you were so kind. <laughs> so we'll go, we'll go ahead and do something like this. And that way we won't have to worry about commercials and stuff anyway. James awesome. Corbett, the CorbettReport.com. Thank you very much. But this is a message for his supporters and all of ours. The solution is coming. And they are getting on it, man. You just go to Top of Freedom Phoenix right now. Story after story after story of deplatforming, shadow banning, choking, and you're not allowed because something be a coming. I can give you a whole bunch of things why I think it is, but doesn't matter. It's going to affect everybody. Pace.